Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. The next voice you hear, our producer, Nick Rolanski, with our next mailbag question. On Twitter, Strictly Speaking asked, with the rumor the Steelers are in on trading for Chase Young, what would the return need to be to not feel like we completely failed with him and gave up for almost nothing? I love this question because it's such an interesting hypothetical. I don't know anything about the Steelers rumor, so we'll just kind of ignore that part of the question, Logan. But like, what what's the Chase Young trade that you say yes to right now? Because there's philosophically like do you cut your losses do you are you selling low there's like a lot of kind of game theory you know stock asset management type of thought that goes into this and then there's just like what you think of the football player and obviously we've now seen chase have a pretty good mini camp so what's is there a deal that you would say yes to at this point and the last uh you know kind of factor i'll throw into this is of course he and montez are both up at the end of the year and uh, there's kind of a logistics of salary cap and getting people done and, and how you build your roster to, that goes with all of this as well. I mean, I, obviously there's a deal that I'm like, oh yeah. Like if someone says, oh, we'll give you a first round pick. I don't even think twice about it. Yes, boom. So just straight up one, one for Chase Young, done. Get out of here. Absolutely. So that's okay. that's one. And then if even if they gave me a second, I would think about it. But I think it's important for people to understand like he has not, like just because he had one good mini camp practice, teams are not going to negate what he's done the last three years here. They're not going to be like, "Oh, wow, mini camp looked good. All right, well, he has that crazy injury history, and he hasn't played good since his rookie. Like really, really at a high level. And there's injury. There's a whole bunch of stuff affecting that. But he hasn't played really good since his rookie year. So to me, I'm like, if I'm a GM and I'm looking at Chase, the most I'm going to give is a third round pick. The most I would give is a third round pick because the risk associated associated with it, right? And if I'm the commanders, I'm like, absolutely not. Because if Chase, a motivated Chase, is is ready to go, he's going to play better than a third-round pick. And if he plays really well and we can't re-sign him, we're going to get a third-round comp. So it's like, 
why would I do anything unless it's a crazy price deal to get them out of here is my thought. That is a hundred percent where I'm at is if you want to give me something that is worth what he would be worth, if he was good, we can talk. Right. And that has a lot to do with roster construction of like, okay, well that now I, now I know I'm, my focus is going to be on re-signing Montez Sweat. I don't have this like year long, who am I signing? Whatever. It's like, yeah. we're going to franchise Montez and then we're going to pay him a bunch of money next year, assuming that he has another, another very solid year. Um, I just, I, I know what Chase has been the last couple of years and he has been so frustrating in so many ways from his play to the OTAs or not showing up and, you know, some of his comments around some of that stuff, whatever. But his potential is just still so high and he's still so young that I just find it hard to give up on that. And I know some fans are ready to push him out the door. Others are like team chase forever and can't believe we're even having this discussion. But realistically, somewhere in the middle is this reality that his upside is extremely high. His current value is low. Selling low is bad. Buying low is good. And the commanders are the seller. So if I'm another team, I might like if I'm the Steelers, I might mess around with that second round pick. Maybe not if I'm the Steelers, because I've already got, you know, I've already got Watt and, you know, whatever. But um, if I'm another team and I think Chase can still be Chase, like what we thought Chase would be coming out of Ohio State, like would I give up a second rounder for the guy who went second overall? Yeah, I probably would do that. Yeah. Um, and that's why if I'm the commanders, I'm like, I don't know. Like a second rounder, is that enough for me? for the guy that I still think can be really good and can, by the way, this year in a must win year, if I'm Ron Rivera, and by the way, we always talk about it with Rivera, but like if I'm Mayhew, like I'm not exactly looking to make trades that are making me worse this year. I want to yeah. like, he's on the line. His job is on the line too. Maybe even more than Rivera's in some ways. Cause a lot of people think that I know there's a question about this later, but like a lot of people think Ron might be pushing to get into a GM, more of a GM role. Um, so there's just, like Chase, Chase being great or even being really good makes this defense potentially great this year. Right. And so if I'm the commanders, I probably just hold on for the ride and think of it less in terms of asset management and think about it more of what makes my football team good right now. And Chase Young being a productive football player is the best thing for my football team right now. So I'd probably just, I'd probably just do that. Absolutely. And, and, and again, if something's if something crazy happens, like if someone's like, I'll give you a first and a fifth, I'm like, Cool. Yeah, let's make Done. that happen. Make yeah. it right now. Don't yeah. even think twice about it. But the, I don't. Yeah. I don't think whatever the Steelers are considering offering for him is definitely not in that kind of area, right? It's like sure. may, maybe a second, maybe, and that I would yeah. consider. I would consider a second round pick. It just depends on where mm -hmm. I think Chase is at uh, mentally. And I don't talk to Chase, you know, like the way Ron does. Obviously, he's around the building. Chase is awesome guy to talk to, but you know, like they have a better understanding of where he's at in terms of meetings and, and his mindset. Um, sure. But you know, you're always, especially now, like you're going to get a comp pick for him. If he, if he does walk, if he, if he's good and if he's good, that means you're doing really good. You've got a top five defense, you know? So right. is, is the difference between that second and third round comp enough for me to outweigh the value that chase of chase's upside? Probably not, you know, probably not. No. So, um, the last thing I'll add on this one is if they are not having a good year, middle of the year, and Maybe. someone wants to offer a second or even a third, that's going to be at the top of the third versus the bottom of the third. 
Um, although I guess it'd probably be a winning team that's that's going for it, so there wouldn't be too high. But point is, like middle of the year, if you're not good, go ahead and sell. Yeah. Like at that point, be smart about it. You do the asset management play um, because he's not going to help you long term at that point. Um, it, but for right now, with a full season ahead, like people just want to throw away this season. Like, no, you only get so many of these. Like, yeah. Take take the season, play it out. Um, try to be good. And we'll see how, how that goes. All right, Nick, next one. Muhammad asks, what would the outcome of the season have to be for Ron Rivera to be head coach next year? If we win due to offense, then the credit will go to EB. Will the head coach consideration and then leave? Or if we win because of great defense, then the credit goes to JDR because of the great talent on the defense. It's a no-win situation for Ron Rivera. I don't think it's a no-win situation for Ron. I agree. I think if you're winning, if you win games... Like head coach gets credit, you know, like ultimately that's what it comes down to. If you're winning games, the head coach is going to get credit and it doesn't matter who, like you're right. Uh, Muhammad was at the question. Uh, yeah. If, yeah. if they, mm-hmm. if the offense is good, EB's gone Bye. yeah, that's what he's trying to do. So hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to put the brakes on that for a second. Eric Bianami is interviewed for how many head coaching jobs, bro. But I mean, I'm saying if he, if he goes from Kansas city and there was all I, the hold up and there was all this stuff saying, Hey, like, um, Hey, yo, you know, he's got Patrick Mahomes. He's got Travis Kelsey. He's behind Andy Reid. And he comes here with this offense, with the inexperience of this group, with the offensive line, and and they're like a top 12 offense in the NFL. You better believe someone is going to give him a head coaching job. You better believe that. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that happens. Like, this job, when you look at it on paper, amidst an ownership change, all this stuff, like, it, it he's going to get a head coaching job. Like, there's no way he doesn't. Logan, I hear you. There's no way and your logic, your logic is so sound, <laughs> but Nick, I'm sorry. I'm going to cuss on this one. I'm, I'm going to pull a Logan here. He's been the offensive coordinator in four of the last five Super Bowls. I get it, like, man. But now, now all he of, should have had a head coaching job already. Sh- like that's the whole point. He should like, have, but this dude has gotten screwed seven ways from Sunday on head coaching jobs before. So I'm not going to automatically say he's going to get one, but your logic is so sound, but he's been the offensive coordinator in Four of the last five Super Bowls that he doesn't have a head coach. But there were job all these like modifiers to it. He's like, you know, he's the he's the offensive coordinator, but Andy Reid calls plays. He's the offensive coordinator, but he's got the best quarterback in football. He's the offensive coordinator, but sure. He's, and so there here, there is no excuse. There's no excuse for for another organization to be like he should be. He shouldn't be the head coach here. And like if and if and if I'm. If I'm listening to his press conferences, I'm following the season at all. And, and I, some of these GMs, I'm sure are some of these like uh, advisory mm-hmm. committees, like he's going to be in the top of the in the top group there, because what he's done here already in the short time, again, we got a long season ahead of us. But like, man, he, he deserves that opportunity. So your point is well taken. He should have probably had one a while ago. But to me, he's been this guy the whole time. But what I'm saying is there are all these kind of other things where like, oh, you know, well, he's actually not calling plays. So how, how valuable is that? Or, you know, hey, you know, the interview wasn't great. So we're going to go with this other guy. Now it's like my resume is impeachable. Like I go wherever I go, quarterback agnostic. He, he is going to take in this hypothetical scenario, a fifth round quarterback. Now say what you want about that. Sam, you know, slipped in the draft, whatever, whatever, whatever. Sure a fifth round quarterback in his second year and become a top 12 offense. Get out of here, man. That's like, that is unbelievable, you know? And then like, 
on a team that was not I that get good it. last year. So I get it. I if, okay when I own when I am owner of a team, he, I'm definitely hiring him. But we'll see what the league does. But I th- I would have hired him four years but ago. I think he is out of here if they are a top twelve offense. Now he could be the head coach I, here, whatever that is. I don't know what that looks like, but sure. I, and that's fine. If you're Ron, you love that because you got another year of your job. And if for Ron to keep his job for next year, I think they probably got to win a playoff game, which is very reasonable if the offense and defense are cooking the way we think they could cook. Now it could go the other way, whatever. But um, I think that's important. So just to be clear, you 100% should be right. I am just not going to like bet my life on it, considering how much this dude has been screwed over in the 12 interviews he's had for head coaching jobs over the years. Cause he's been this charismatic guy with nothing but success the entire time. So yes, the, all the caveats are now gone and someone probably would be like, yeah, we, we should have done this. Someone who may be interviewing him for the third time. I don't know, but, but I'm not a hundred percent. Like I'm not ready to bet my life on Eric B getting a head coaching job because precedent says that he's going to get passed over because mm-hmm. the league is stupid. Um, but you're probably right. He probably would. Um, and that leaves a question for new ownership, which is, do we move on from Rivera, graduate Ron to some senior front office role and try to keep the enemy in house, which I do think is possible. possible. And there's been, there's been rumblings and you know, this is, I'm not reporting this. I am regurgitating other rumblings I've seen on the internet, um, of like, that actually both Jason Wright and Ron Rivera are like angling for senior football front office operator positions. Like there's all these kinds of rumors out there and who knows what to believe and whatnot um, about who's going to be running this team moving forward because Josh Harris most likely would bring in some from the outside. And it's not even that, but I do think if Ron sells Harris on a vision and is like, I know the first four years or in their first three years were not what we wanted, but we had a lot of bad luck and we should have done some things that we're doing now sooner, but like we're on the right path. Please do not mess this up that there is a possibility that he could become overseer of the, of that plan and allow the enemy to take uh, that lead role. So I think that is possible where Ron, like there's a, there's a level of success where and let's call it like a nine to 10 win season where they make the playoffs, nine to 11, even where they make the playoffs and don't win one where Harris sees enough to see that something good is happening, but maybe the the correct step is to pull Ron off the sidelines. And there's a game or two where it's like, Hey man, we have better timeout usage or not a silly challenge. And like, we're going to, we're going to take you off the sidelines, but you, you seem to have the big picture thing down. I think that could be a possibility. Yeah. They win a playoff game. Ron's going to have his choice of what he wants to do moving forward. Um, Cause remember he's also in the fourth of a fifth year contract. Yeah. Um, but if they w- also, if they do win because of the defense, like I don't think it's just going to go all to JDR or the talent. Like at that point, Ron also uh, is the guy who is kind of, you know, Hey, I loved Emmanuel Forbes and he had seven interceptions this year and Quan Martin was huge. And like, I loved him. Ron will get credit for that. And as he should, he's the head coach. Um, even if he's delegating a lot, like he hired the people that he's delegating to and he deserves credit for that. Yeah. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No, I agree. I, I think, yeah, I think if they if they win some games, like, what'd you say, 9 to 11? And yeah. they playoff game, playoff win. And especially if they get better as the year goes. Yeah. Let's say they, they have a rough a rough September and Hal throws a couple of picks in bad spots and they're, they're close games, but like he just doesn't have the experience to close it out yet. And then they, they get better as the year goes. And it's like, okay, Hal found his groove second half of the year. He's really solid. Like we need to keep this going. Yeah. I think that could be, you know, a scenario where that happens as well. Um, What I think is fascinating is like, is there a scenario where they get, they blow it up? Like just everybody gets blown out. And I think obviously if they have a very bad year, um, that's possible. And I also think it, it, it matters who Josh Harris hires to, cause like, I do think he will bring in some senior, senior VP of whatever. Um, and who's that person and what do they think of the the current staff? Like that's another thing to consider. No, I think that's a great point. No, a hundred percent. Like, I don't think we're, I think we're pretty aligned there. Um, it just like if they, I, the question I just, was, I just uh, don't underestimate this, the uh, stupidity of the league. Yeah, maybe. And I guess like to Muhammad's point, like <laughs> even if EB does well, like Ron gets that credit for making the hire when no one else wanted to hire him. So it's like, there's a lot of credit here for Ron. If things go well, like head coaches always get credit, you know, like, and people say, Oh, well, the reason they won was because EB, but Ron was the guy that got them together. And I've been on teams like that yeah. where it's like, Oh, it's, it's the genius of the offensive coordinator or the defense is really carrying the team, but the head coach is kind of under the umbrella of managing the roster. So um, I, I think, I think he'll be, I think if they do well, Ron does well. And if they do yeah. well, EB does well, if they do well, Jack does well. So everyone's pushing for a good season and a good outcome. I think. Um, the other coach that needs to have a really good year potentially um, is Tavita Pritchard, because if he like if EB does get that head coaching job, Tavita is the next in line to be the OC. Um, yep. And if they want to keep this going in a long-term sustainability thing, making sure that he like, this is one of Ron's big projects this year, right? Like we, I, I asked Ron a couple, was it two weeks ago, last week, yeah. whatever it was um, about like, Hey, what do you do now? Like what, what's the thing that now that you've delegated all these things, like wh- how do you decide where you spend your time? And he said he is, one of his high priorities is spending a lot of time with younger coaches and developing Mm. them. And so like one of the things that Ron actually really has to do this year is make sure that Tavita and some of this is on EB too, obviously, but like Ron is the overseer of the franchise uh, from the football perspective. He needs to make sure that Tavita is ready to be an OC in case they're awesome and EB leaves and gets a head coaching job because Tavita would be the next in line. So those are like, that's something that we're never going to know. Um, unless someone asks about it in the middle of the year. Um, and even at that point, Ron's probably going to deflect the question, but it, it is a massively important thing for kind of the long term of the franchise. And especially considering how much time have we even spent on this podcast the last couple of years saying, Hey, like they don't have the next guy. They don't, yeah. there's no one on the offensive staff specifically that is a future OC, a future head coach. And now they got probably two in Biennemi, who should have been one already, uh, and obviously is the OC, and Tavita is someone who I think fits that mold and a lot of people think has an incredibly bright future ahead of him. Yeah, and I think that's a sign of a healthy organization and a healthy coaching staff and a healthy head coach and coaching philosophy. Because, I mean, when you look at, you know, San Fran, you look at LA, they have lost copious amounts of coaches, but they just find a way to get young guys in, develop them, keep 
uh, good coaches at senior positions and just kind of restock and retool in-house. And to me, that's not an accident. You've got an excellent hiring process and you've got an excellent like culture in the building. And I think about all the guys that have left Kyle's tree that have become really good coaches, you know, Matt LaFleur, uh, Sean, obviously, Mike McDaniel. And there's to me, it's not by accident that you have that Kyle's got this really high standard that matriculates down to those guys. And he hires guys that have the same kind of obsession with football. And so I think if Ron can kind of cultivate that here and you've got a really good head coach here or a good uh, offensive coordinator with EB um, who kind of has that super high standard and is going to challenge his staff. And and I think that's that's just going to be almost as important for Coach Pritchard. You know, like what is the standard here? And I'm setting it as EB. You have to match me or we're not on the same page. And I know they've worked together in the past and so they have that relationship, so they get it. But I think that would be awesome if they could not only develop the talent on the field, but develop the coaching staff in in house and make sure you, that you can handle, you know, like I think that's going to be a big question for Philly this year. I know this is a little off topic, but they lose all these coaches. Do they just restock and retool because they've done a good job of, of bringing them along or do they struggle not having the coordinators in place? So that to me is going to be another big step. You know, if I'm, if I'm an owner coming in talking to Ron and he's like, this is our plan to develop talent and the product on the field, but also make sure that that's a sustainable thing. So let me ask you this sidebar. I'm going to, I'm going to ask a question real quick and then we'll get back to the ones that Nick has uh, in, in the bag. So, so to speak, Belichick's coaching tree has been largely a disaster uh, when they've left, left uh, new England and gone to other places. Bill O'Brien was pretty solid at yeah. Penn state. Um, but you know, in the NFL, in Houston, he was not like, very he good. Was, he was, he was good in Houston for a couple of years too. Right. Um, yeah. He had a, he had a couple of good before, years. He's probably, he's been the best one before he became the personnel guy. You know, like when he was just the head coach sure. of football, he was good. And as he got more responsibility on the personnel side, it became harder, I think, for him. But that's also the best that anyone has done. Like sure. Cornell, Cornell has not been good. Um, he's been a great DC in other places outside of Belichick, but he's not a good head coach. Charlie Weiss was terrible as a head coach at Kansas and and at Notre Dame. Um, nevertheless, I don't even know if he got back into the NFL. Yeah. Um, you know, McDaniel has struggled, uh, like Josh McDaniels has struggled, um, on down the list. Like there's just been everyone struggling, uh, to leave Belichick. Why is it that it hasn't worked for the Belichick guys, but someone like Kyle, it does. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you want to go back to Mike. Yeah. Mike, I think is a good one. And I think Mike kind of is the genesis of that tree. Um, and even the head coach that was in Houston, I forget his name now he's out of the league now, but also very similar, uh, can't, can't remember that. It's not important. Let's start with Mike. Mike, when you came in, when I came in the league, I didn't understand how important this was. He was a guy that was very forward thinking in terms of how to treat players. He had a very high standard, but he was going to treat you like a professional. And he created an environment that was, I don't want to say fun, but it wasn't like it didn't give you tremendous anxiety coming into work. Right. And when I don't have tremendous anxiety, I, I play better, but also I'm going to invest a little bit more time. And then I think the guy that really innovated in this area was, uh, Pete Carroll. So Pete Carroll came in and said, we are going to have fun. We're going to play games. We're going to be hyper competitive. We're going to let people be who they are. And it created this culture of like, I want to be in the building. I want to be around my teammates. I want to be around the film and I want to get better for them. And so when his coaching tree kind of dispersed and Kyle intersected with uh, Dan Quinn in Atlanta, mm -hmm. Kyle, I remember when I talked to him in San Fran, he's like, I am going to do that. I want to make a hyper-competitive environment and people want to come to work. And 
that while keeping the football stuff, the P's and Q's that I think are important, makes sure the staff is really dialed in. And I think when I went to San Fran, people enjoyed playing there and the level of football was very high and the standard was very, very clear, but it was a fair standard. And when I hear guys who have played for people who have, you know, played for the disciples of Bill Belichick is they are very old school in terms of their philosophy and approach to um, how to treat players. Like I remember hearing in the first meeting, them making guys stand up in the meeting and be like, Hey, what does it say above the cafeteria door? Like, I don't know, man, I got here like 12 hours ago. How the hell am I supposed to know that? And why do I want to waste mental stress and anxiety on things like that? And so they kind of took this old school, like Parcellian approach and saying right. like, we are going to grind you to absolute dust and really kind of turn the screws to you in this hyper stressful environment that isn't that enjoyable to play in. And so that works when you have Tom Brady, that works when you have Bill Belichick, right? Because Tom Brady and them are forever linked at the hip in terms of their success in New England. But the second you lose that franchise quarterback and you're not winning games, you know what you get? Is you get a lot of really disgruntled football players who are going to talk a lot of about you. So to me, that's something that I think you, especially in today's NFL, where the recruiting environment in college, the recruiting environment in high school has changed so dramatically. Those guys are their own industry already. You know, like coming out of high school, guys have NIL deals. Like there's money involved. I don't need the coach the same way I needed it before. I think Kyle understands that at a high level and his tree understands that at a high level. So they keep the football extremely quality and extremely high, but they also treat you in a respectful, professional manner that in a workplace that promotes fun. And I think that that fun element and that enjoyment keeps people coming back unlike these other you know belichick who's a more traditional coaching philosophy it doesn't work the same way that it used to um quite frankly yeah i also think belichick has a little bit more of that magic touch um that you hear stories every once in a while um and i don't know that that stuff might even be kept secret to an extent from some of his other coaches and they leave and they don't realize it and uh that then you see what happens um i think that Obviously, there's a generational thing that happens with like the Kyles and the Shans, sure. the Kevins, et cetera, yeah, Kevin's as well. Example, yeah. Um, and and I would say also the last guy that that deserves to be mentioned in all this is Andy Reid. Yeah. Um, and Andy, Andy is a guy who's hilariously funny. Um, definitely is invested in having fun, um, but also is serious and and you know when it needs to be. And so you look at his tree, the Doug Petersons, and you listen to Peterson talk about coaching and kind of the humanity he brings sure. to it. Um, and, and I think that trickles down to whether it's EB, whether it's Peterson, whether it's some of the other guys that have come out like of that tree. Mike Kafka who's the OC and, um, yeah. like all those guys, right. Are like, it's a yeah, yeah, very yeah. prolific tree because they get really high football understanding, but they also are not like, this used to be a very West coast kind of approach, right. Where players coach players coach is the term that's thrown around a lot. And I, I don't, I think that, that, that has a little bit of a misnomer to it, but I think that's what those guys are. They understand that while players are somewhat of a commodity they're also people and i need to treat you as a person and this is a high stress high performance environment and we all get that and we're all okay with that but don't make it worse for me don't make me more stressed out you know and i think that's something that um i think that like andy reed the shanahan's everyone understands that yeah uh, now I just, we were watching Ted Lasso last night and, uh, if you, I, I don't know if you guys watch, but, uh, in one of the episodes, there's a, a press conference where Roy Kent of all people, uh, the character in the show yeah. talks about how the players are also people. And now I just have that replaying in yeah. my head. I would say we would insert a clip of that here, but I 
think that's probably going to be a copyright violation, so we'll just reference it and keep it moving.